0: are you uh ready spaghetti girl
1: i'm ready spaghetti like i've been like training my life to do this episode i'm excited oh
0: god i'm so nervous i actually, why are you ne- what What are you nervous for were you a colonialist <laughs> like <laughs> colonialism i mean no but you know it's a lot of unlearning that you have to do and some some of it i was like wow i really i really am a catholic sometimes so it was uh it was an interesting time but anyway let us uh get started let us have lettuce. let us. Yeah. let us oh okay. well that was the
1: podcast everybody uh thank <laughs> you and good night i can't be anywhere with someone who makes that pun every <laughs> day carmen has been making that pun, pun since we were 15 years old
0: and it to this day just like brings me joy
1: okay well welcome to i'd kill a spider for you my name is catherine and i'm carmen and this is our bi-weekly podcast where we talk about a variety of issues, um, big issues, small issues, politics, pop culture, honestly, everything under the sun that tickles our fancy. Um, and this is part three of our religion um, series. I guess it's a series, like three parts? Absolutely. Yeah. So our first episode, we talked about our views on religion and how we sort of grown as people and how we identify religiously. Our second episode was a lovely two-part interview with two of our friends who, one is very Christian and one who is very not Christian. And this, baby, is where we get really deep into our political things. We're talking about colonialism and religion,
0: and I'm so excited. I am also very excited. I'm also very um nervous. So. We'll see how this goes. I'm yes. excited. Oh, Fender.
1: Before we begin, I got to tell you a story. So, we're recording this on September 22nd, which, speaking of colonialism, <laughs> is Bilbo Baggins' birthday. <laughs> <laughs> speaking of colonialism, speaking of J. R. R. Tolkien. Uh huh. Uh huh. It's Bilbo Baggins' birthday. And you know what we were going to do today? Uh. We were going to have a party. My sister and I and my mom were going to have a Bilbo Baggins birthday, or Bilbo and Frodo Baggins birthday party for those anybody who doesn't know who that is it's the characters from the Lord of the Rings Uh, because my mom my sister and I are living like it's I don't know 1920 and we don't have TV and we are reading the Lord of the Rings aloud to each other oh that's beautiful (laughs) every other chapter is like a switch off between me and my sister and we're reading like two a night and um
0: god that's beautiful whatever that's so
1: cheesy i know but we're doing that and then i was like wait his birthday's the 22nd we should do a birthday party and i literally planned out a menu and i was gonna make all the food and we were gonna have like we weren't gonna have nine meals we weren't gonna do a full hobbit thing but we had luncheon prepared (laughs) and we had dinner and um and dessert all prepared i have a menu and everything like it was all set up (laughs) and then my sister her baby got a cold and so my mom had to go and babysit that baby while my sister goes uh, and does work so she oh. ruined Bilbo Baggins's birthday your sister doesn't
0: like the Lord of the Rings does she
1: I think she's fine with it she's not like crazy about it but you know whatever well, but she ruined Bilbo Baggins's birthday
0: Ah, fucking sucks but also that's really cute and hilarious and I fully endorse that so yeah
1: And honestly, it really is a speaking of colonialism moment because (laughs) the amount that we are into
0: the Lord of the Rings and, uh, oh man. Actually, I'm really excited. Uh, We'll talk about it in the recommendation section, but, um, (laughs) the newcomers podcast that you recommended to me has brought me so much joy. Oh, I'm glad. Shock and joy. So, you know, but we'll get into it after. Um, Catherine, I don't know if you uh, wanted to start or wanted me to start. I know I did like some research on some stuff, but also Mm -hmm. had some thoughts, some personal thoughts. I
1: think you can start if you like. I did a little bit of research as well. We can sprinkle in our points as we go (laughs) along.
0: Um, Yeah. So I guess for myself, essentially, I think this uh, episode is really important because I think in the last couple of years I've I've come to know quite a few people who have been doing some serious like spirituality and um like spiritual work I guess or like journeys around um reclaiming their ancestral knowledge and reclaiming their an- ancestral understanding of the universe and um everything around them and that's kind of been a bit of a revelation for me because um growing up with a mother that was extremely communist and like, you know, religion wasn't a thing. And and she was always just kind of like science-y, like, you know, we're all interconnected, which I guess is a very communist perspective, but I didn't really get any sort of like spirituality in that sense. And so noticing that a lot of the stuff that maybe I learned from somebody as a communist kind of plays into some of the ways in which people are reclaiming some of that knowledge is really Mm -hmm. interesting. And I've always heard about it, you know, from indigenous people like in Canada, because um, even in social work classes, despite the fact that I went to school like a few years ago, I was lucky enough to have professors who like taught us about things like smudging and the importance of like, understanding things like creator and why we call turtle island turtle island and all this other stuff but i definitely know one thing for sure more than anything else in the world and that is that i cannot within myself and if other people have another way of understanding religion and spirituality it's totally fine but i cannot within myself be okay with having a, a part in any sort of faith that was uh, brought to my people and my ancestors by way of genocide and murdering and uh, forcing people to convert. So hence why I don't uh, fucks with Christianity in any of its forms. I don't care if you're like Catholic or Christian or Pentecostal or anything like that. It's just like not for me because I see it at, every time I look at Christianity, I think of the ways that it has destroyed my people and how it continues to destroy my people through things like um, like the banning of abortions. Like in Mexico City, the Supreme Court just struck down you know, this possible move towards legalizing abortions. Why so much of that has to do with the influence related to the Catholic Church Mm -hmm. um, on the people. I think Catherine and I can have many a story of when we went to Mexico and all the history that we learned (laughs) while we were there, um, including the fact that like this beautiful cathedral in the middle of Mexico City, you know, iconic, It's it's like the symbol for Mexico City anytime you see pictures of it, was built and created by the Spanish dismantling the pyramid that was, in what is now mexico city and building a cathedral in its place so funnily enough
1: i was actually going through like old facebook albums like deleting shit (laughs) and i found some pictures from when you and i went to mexico and there's a picture of like two one of them you can understand the context because it's you standing next to a cross looking very upset because (laughs) we were we were at some sort of it wasn't that main cathedral but it was another cathedral that had been built from the the, i gonna say the bones. It is the bones from yeah. the bones of the pyramid. It was built from another pyramid. I think this was when we were in Chichen Itza or around yeah. there. And there's just a picture of Carmen looking upset, <laughs> standing next to a cross. And then there's another picture that no one will understand but me, and it's just of Carmen giving me like the like most intense annoyed side eye because. The tour guide we have was talking about how like uh <laughs> about how the Spanish like liberated <laughs> liberated all the indigenous Ooh. people by giving them Catholicism and giving them religion. Sweet
0: uh, nice. had to be
1: like, it's fine, Carmen. Why? Just, just leave it. Just leave it's it. Fine. <laughs> it's fine. And this was when we were like eighteen.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and Carmen was
1: still that angry then. If we had gone there like this year, Carmen would have burnt down like a building or something. Yeah,
0: it was it was bad. I was it was really it was yeah, and it's still bad now. I think, um, I think, and you know, I, I got it from my mom um, because um, I have family in the Basque region of Spain and the Basque region of Spain is like historically known as like, it, it was really known as an affluent part of, of that area, that peninsula, because there's like fishing and they have all these like industries and all this other stuff, even back in like king, queen times, even though technically they still have a monarchy. So they have a lot of like very ornate, churches in castle. Yeah. And you know, the first time we went or the first couple times that we went, my grandmother and grandfather, or like my godfather's uh parents, uh, who I call my grandmother and grandfather, <laughs> took us on a tour, as you do when people first come to visit. And uh they took us to a church and I distinctly remember my grandmother was there and it was a church. And when I tell you it was like adorn it was like adorned, covered in gold and silver but like real gold and silver, just like gold and silver plated everything or like, I don't know what. And my mother was fuming, fuming because my grandmother turned to us and was like, isn't it beautiful? And my mom was like, where do you think you got that?
1: Where do you think you got that where gold? That from?
0: <laughs> and She was like, she was so angry. And my grandfather was just, I think he was just laughing. And my grandmother was just like, she's like, don't blame me. I was, I would, did not have anything to do with this. And she's like, don't, Don't look at me like that. And it just makes me laugh because I was like, I am, I am my mother's daughter. You know, I'm still, Mm -hmm. that's still me to this day. Whenever they take me to churches now and I go visit, I'm like, get me the fuck out of here. So, you know, fun time, but whatever. Anyway, Catherine. What about you? Well, for me, I think it's a little different just because
1: I don't have the Catholic background or anything. As I said in my previous, our previous episodes about religion, my mother was the family heathen. Like my mom's like, who cares? And, and she has only become less religious and less um, <laughs> believing in God as time has gone on. Like by the time she was raising me, she was like, fuck this shit. Like she's, she was out. So for me, I didn't have this background of religion being important. It was just something like my family did. But when I got older and I started understanding uh, and studying religion and understanding colonialism and how much it affected um, black people, because Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) um, everybody who was involved in the transatlantic slave trade on either side has been deeply affected by Christianity. Mm -hmm. And it's just something that like, it's just something that like you can't separate from, or I can't separate it from my view of Christianity. I can't separate, christianity and slavery they are the same they are are one and the same and i know that some people will argue that hey listen this god belongs to us and also that you know there were people who were christian before um the transatlantic slave trade i mean black people who were christian because the religion was around for a lot longer than slavery was and it had made its way to throughout africa and it had that is true but you can't deny that the vast majority of people who were christian were forced into being christian the vast majority of people had their religion taken away from them and then, like, I guess we can talk about it more later, but, like, I am Jamaican, and as an example, Rastafarianism is something that came out of being, like, no, we want to push against these, like, white Christian ideas, but it's still rooted in Christianity, even when they're trying to get away from it, even when they're trying to make something Afrocentric, they're uh-huh. like, Jesus, though, like, they can't help <laughs> themselves. And so, to me, that's what the le- legacy of like Christianity is in many ways. And then obviously there are other aspects. Like mm. I am also half Indian and my Indian side kind of like is absorbed into the Jamaicanness of it all. Like mm. we don't really have many traditions or anything that I can specifically point to as Indian other than like when we clean our house and stuff and, and how we make <laughs> dumplings and how we make dal. But right. um whenever I look into anything to do with British colonialism in India I'm also like man fuck you <laughs> like it's just like everything to do with it is always bad and it's always negative and even when it's not necessarily specifically Christianity it's also like how the British codified religions and how they um labeled things and how they made this like they favored groups and blah 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 mm-hmm. you can't get away from it like so much of religion is so deeply entrenched in colonialism that like
0: mm-hmm. I'm
1: just I just I can't I cannot. (laughs) I simply cannot.
0: (laughs) I totally agree. And I have a hard time because I've met, you know, I mean, Catherine knows this, but I've worked in many spaces that have been predominantly racialized, um, predominantly racialized by like black African Caribbean folk in general. And the, the, I don't know how to put it, the fervor with which the Christianity comes out. Oh my God. Okay. Okay. Here's the thing. Like, like there's no,
1: there's no one more religious than people who were colonialized by, or sorry, colonized by religion. There's nobody more religious than some like black person, Asian person, brown person who was made to be Christian a few hundred years ago. And they're like, Jesus is Lord, you guys. Oh my God. God is so important. God's so special to me. Like, I'm just like, okay, okay. You know, cool, 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 cool. do you know yeah. why you think this? Do you know why <laughs>
0: any of this was right. made to be part of your life and your culture and your family? Like, Well, nothing I, makes oh. me laugh harder than when, like, racialized people are like, oh, I don't like that. That's witchy. And oh, like, my God. I'm like, oh. do you know who told you that that was bad? White people, when they came and forced your ancestors to stop doing what they were doing and told them it was sin or worse, killed some of them off and tortured them until they agreed to not do it. And they also banned their festivities and banned all of their traditions, made them illegal, sometimes by penalty of death. And that, my friend, is why you think that things like skeletons or um like fire related ceremonies or whatever the fuck else are witchcraft and are evil and are the devil because that is colonization telling you this religion is right and this one this one is wrong
1: and the thing is it goes back like further it's the same thing that happened with the british and the romans like they, they it happened to them first all of the christmas and all of the like christian traditions that uh got imported around the world were initially what pagan traditions that were christianized they were like yeah 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 you can have your religion if you want to do these things it's fine and then that's spread out throughout the world like when you go to mexico like guadalupe doesn't exist in china it exists in mexico the version (laughs) of guadalupe is specific to mexico because everybody adds their flavor to christianity Mm -hmm. um because you can't fully remove any part of like someone's initial religion but the rest of it like the rest of um La muerta and whatever, that's evil, that's bad. Yeah. But you always go, they always take a little piece and sprinkle it into the religion. <laughs> it's like a McDonald's. It's like when you go to McDonald's in like China and they have like food that they would never have in McDonald's in mm-hmm. Canada,
0: but it's McDonald's. Yeah. This is kind of the thing I've been struggling with recently because I've met people who are doing, um, oh shoot, uh, there's different things. There's like uh, Orishas and stuff. Like that's like more Afrocentric background. Um, related um, like spirituality, like I think people would probably call it voodoo and other nonsense now. Um, but I know people who are practicing that way, or they're looking into doing, like, you know, or like Santeria is like another thing that you would call it, but like other types of work. And in relation to reclaiming. Um, like their ancestral knowledge and kind of reconnecting with the earth and reconnecting with things like that. And I think that that's been really important because while doing this research, you notice how, at least in Latin America, I don't know in different places in like Africa or even here with indigenous communities. I haven't, I've been to a lot of like reserves and stuff and it's been an interesting experience, but at least in Latin America, it's so the mixture of indigenous and like um like african and european kind of faith is so like mixed together Mm -hmm. that it doesn't look like when i go to spain it's so it's such a different it's so different. It's just like not as colorful. There's like not the same superstitions. It's like the saints are different, you know, like things are different. And it's just like, but people, because the churches went to different places, they had to learn to adapt in different ways. Um, and so it's kind of being okay with me, for example, having uh like Virgin of Guadalupe around my house, like multiple, uh, yeah, multiple. Understanding that she, <laughs> yes, multiple. Understanding that she is a symbol, and I can talk about it a little bit after. Um, but she's she was used to convert indigenous people, um, very strongly. So, um, and actually, she was painted because she didn't appear that way normally. Because you know, the legend is that she just appeared on a mantle with some flat. Anyways, it's a whole story. The tr- The truth is. An indigenous man painted her and painted her brown, like a brown-skinned woman, and painted her with colors that apparently are very, were very important to various indigenous communities within Mexico so that she would be a relatable version of the Virgin Mary. And then that way, people would be more loyal to the religion because she was a symbol of mexico and she was a, re- a symbol of fighting and revolution yeah. because she also like another name that they kind of give for the virgin of guadalupe is Donansi. Donancy is actually um i guess like the indigenous understanding of like i guess like warrior or like and i'm gonna get this wrong but just like earth m- woman and earth and mother it's like a concept um and Donancy was kind of like this all encompassing thing but was a but it was symbolized as a woman and, and women these days in Mexico are, are named Donansi and so she's known as both but Donancy was like an indigenous understanding of like warrior and all these other things and so when they used the Virgin of Guadalupe to do this they also managed to convert people by mixing these two things together.
1: Yeah. Quick question quick sidebar. Yeah. Um what does she do? Like why is she a virgin? Like, because Virgin Mary is a virgin because she
0: had a Jesus. But, like, did she, she have a baby? Like, what, why is she, the, why is she the, virgin the virgin important? of Guadalupe is, I don't know how to put it, but she's, like, she is the Virgin Mary. Oh. But she's she's the appearance of the Virgin Mary as the Virgin of Guadalupe. So, she's Mary. Oh. Yeah. So, she's, like, like a... Whole, okay. This is the thing. So, with Catholics, there's, like, different... Different... I don't want to... I don't know how to put it, but, like, they appear... I don't know, apparitions of whatever these people come up. So mm-hmm. she's supposed to be like, um, kind of like a symbol of the Virgin Mary. So she is essentially the Virgin Mary. Um, and so she's called La Virgen de Guadalupe. So she, she, I mean, Catherine knows the story because it makes me angry every time and we've talked about it so many times, but essentially there was this um, indigenous man named Juan Diego. I don't know if anybody here has ever met an indigenous person named Juan Diego, but back in those days, my response is probably not. So I don't know why the fuck that was his name. <laughs> first fucking problem and he uh the virgin I mean, we know mary, why but well yeah <laughs> the virgin mary appeared to him and said i need you to build me this thing please build me this church and please let you know whoever know and his uncle was really sick and she was like you know like i'll, I'll you know i can help him just you know whatever and so it was what like, a bitch <laughs> yeah it was this exchange that, like the priests didn't believe him uh-huh. and so he sh- so i think the third or the fourth time she was like basically said you know bucket and said here take this you know he had a bag because he he carried I think like food and and flowers he was like a campesino like a peasant I guess and like carried things to market and like I don't know did a lot of growing stuff and I don't know what to call it but anyway he um, was a farmer of some sort and so she said here pick these flowers and the flowers are actually Spanish flowers and I forget what they're called at this point and she put them in in this Oh God, I don't even know how to say it in English. But basically, like a bag, like a like a cloth bag, and um, she said take them to the priest. And so she takes them. He takes them to the priest, and he unravels the bag, and the flowers come out. And lo and behold, here is the image of the Virgin Mary or the Virgin of Guadalupe on this mantle. And so that was when they decided to build this build this church. And so her story apparently traveled around, and her miracle is that she converted all of the indigenous people what a miracle uh you know hallelujah also i think helped i mean i'm very much butchering the story but like juan diego i think the uncle i think cured him i'm gonna be very wrong people are gonna be yelling at me in this episode like (laughs) um but um yeah she you know she performed several miracles but then one of the, the one miracle that is very much heard of in in mexico at least is that she is the reason indigenous people converted to catholicism so gross um but also like the Virgin of Guadalupe has morphed into a lot of different things. So, mm. as much as she's an issue, she's morphed. She's yeah, <laughs> she's transformed. <laughs> she has oh. transformed into the most interesting, like mix of things. So, you know, when she first appeared in like Mexican history, she was the first flag Mexico had. So mm. when the revolutions they used her as a flag because Mexico didn't have a flag yet um the other thing is that now in modern day you know she's actually kind of seen as a political symbol because a lot of like Chicanos living in the U.S. put her on their body as like like brown pride or like that type of stuff like Latino and Chicano power is kind of symbolized with Virgin of Guadalupe and she's also kind of a symbol of unity for a lot of people like I know a lot of people will go to different parts of like the U.S. that I've heard or like whenever you go to Mexico like you'll see the Virgin Mary and you're like oh like my people are here so Oh, it's like a that's like a it's a feeling of like family and togetherness and so it's kind of for myself balancing them both but um, I saw my aunt and my family recently on Friday I went for a walk with them and I hadn't seen my aunt Victoria and in, in, in a while and we hadn't gotten really to talk in a while and uh, my aunt Victoria is like the most like Mexican of Mexicans like she's very like Mexico City she just like swears all the time and she like tells it how it is so she saw me with my Virgin of Guadalupe face mask and she just went the fuck and she was just like what how was the least Catholic person in this family coming out wearing this (laughs) (laughs) I was like and she's like, what is happening? And like the whole, like, it was like 10 minutes of like, Bendeja. And I was like, sorry, but it was very funny because she was just shocked and then she was laughing and I was like, Tia, it's extra protection just in case. And she's like, just in case, Bendeja. And she was just like, she's like, you're ridiculous anyway. So now I've just learned to embrace the Virgin of Guadalupe as like a symbol of one of many symbols of my Mexicanness. And um, if I had to choose, between worshiping a man, or like feeling some level of comfort from a woman. I'ma choose the woman.
1: I mean, fair, but Carmen, if one day I look up and you're like, I'm Catholic now, I'd be like, you know what? It was the Guadalupe (laughs) along. Her miracle has persisted. She has converted to crime Catholicism.
0: <laughs> no. Oh, God, no Catholicism. Um, but then that also brings me to the point of La Santa Muerte, which is really interesting. And if you talk to most Mexicans, especially Mexicans who are like a little bit older, um, maybe not so much the younger folks, La Santa Muerte is, uh, she basically is a woman. She, she's called like the bony lady. So she's a skeleton. And she kind of is wearing the same thing as the Virgin of Guadalupe, only she has, I forget what they're called, like a scythe, like those things that oh, yeah, 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 has. Mm -hmm. so that she's actually become super popular and the catholic church is going like truly out of its way to tell people do not it's the devil do not worship this it's the devil it's It's terrible you do not agree with this you are not catholic if you believe in this but it's really funny because in mexico a lot of people are are really getting into into her and into following her as a saint because that's the thing in mexico you kind of are often raised to like pray to saints so it's it's interesting because she's not accepted by the Catholic Church. And the point is, it, it, why she exists is because she's supposed to protect you. She's supposed to secure you, you know, like love and love interests. And above all, it's like economic success. She assists the lost causes. And so for that reason, she's actually been one of the main saints that people pray to if they're involved in like any sort of crime or like involved in like sex work or um, cartels and things like that. So, but because of the people that follow her and the fact that the Catholic church um, doesn't like that something that they didn't create is being followed, um, they're really like pushing that, that to say that she's like, devil essentially um and since so many people and cartels you know cartels have bloody histories and things like that she is kind of synonymous with cartels which is really unfair and so i've had conversations with my mom and with my aunt where i'm like well what do you think about it and my mom has literally the first time she was like i don't want to talk about it she's like the devil but she's just like absolutely not devil. absolutely not we're not having this conversation um but recently she's you know changed her mind and she but she you know represents one of the few certainties we have in life which is death, mm-hmm. so I don't, like, it, I, it makes sense that people, especially in Mexico, I am about to say, like, we really on. can't,
1: <laughs> Mexicans and death are, like, you're not <laughs> gonna separate that, it's, exactly. it's your favorite thing, like, <laughs> it That's really it, is funny, actually,
0: and it doesn't make sense, and apparently her roots are, like, are actually quite, international, like a version of her is found with like Afro-Latinos. It's also um, like in the original like indigenous folks in Mexico and uh, Europeans have all because of course pre-Christianity, pre-other religions, what did people know was an issue? Death. So so people had a lot of things to ward off death. I mean there's literally
1: no version of a culture without a god of death except for Our modern Christian one now, because the devil is not a god of death. The devil is an evil tempter and is supposed to be something that, like, lures you in many ways. Like, Jesus is the god of death that we are, (laughs) that everybody is worshiping, but nobody calls him that. He's literally on a cross whenever you see him. The symbol of him is a cross that you wear on your neck, the thing he died on. And people will never say that he is a god of death, but he is he died for your sins. He is like absolving you through his death. His death is the most important thing he does. But in terms of like other like pre-colonial versions of gods of death, they're very explicit. They're like, no, it's about death. They're not hiding it. They're not couching it in anything. Nothing's being covered. It's just like, yeah, it's death. This is the god of death and death is always to be respected.
0: Exactly. And it's just
1: so interesting that that's, it's just so (laughs) interesting, honestly. It's just that the fact that that's, something that has happened. You know, I want to talk a little bit about like how certain things came to be, not too much in depth, this isn't going to be a history lesson, but like I was reading about like my least favorite Spaniard, um, oh, Bartolomeo de las Casas. <sighs> anyway, but the funny thing about him is that like there is actually some debate, like people, some people will be like, no, he was, he was like the founder of human rights. <laughs> some people are like, fuck I've met this guy. People, I have so, met with people. Have you met right? so American? <laughs> so to explain who this guy was he was like a spanish like priest friar or whatever he went to the indies like the west indies in like early 15 whatever and was like oh no this is so this is so terrible we can't treat the indigenous people like that which you know he's right and he was like (laughs) really trying to save their souls and blah 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 through you know christianity and everything but then and he was actually a big advocate against slavery but specifically against their slavery, because it was like in 1515 that he went to Spain and was like, we cannot keep doing this. We cannot keep with this institution of slavery. But you know, if we have to have slaves, how about those? african ones you know what i'm saying like he was just like he was like africans are harder workers and they don't die as easily and they don't really have souls so whatever but the reason why people are like no he was he was good is because later on in life he regretted and repented and was like oh shit i was (laughs) wrong but like he's such an influential part of the history of he's he wasn't necessarily he wasn't of course the only one being like let's get African slaves and I think they were already importing importing some like the Spanish were already doing a little bit of African slave trade stuff but like people like him and his name stands out because he's just like very well known were these advocates of like human rights but not for black people You know, and all they were were advocating for Christianity. And these were the early colonizers. These are the people who brought their religion with them. And I I want to talk a little bit about the fact that, like, this type of fervor, this like religious fervor, and the fact that these people brought all this religion with them was in many ways what created what we think of as religion. Because colonialism codified religion in a way that it hadn't been before. Because, in the same way that, like, race was made in a way it hadn't been before before it's like yeah he's from this place and he's from that place and there are black people and white people and whatever and everyone's different but they were different culturally right there wasn't Mm -hmm. some sort of genetic difference he is an example of one someone saying no there's a genetic difference (laughs) and even Mm -hmm. before well well before genetics he was just like no they're different even though yeah 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 he repented later whatever but two like the religious fervor of all these zealots going out with every like crusading boat made Mm -hmm. Christianity into like this behemoth and this monster. And and then also anytime they interacted with another religion, their only options were either to stamp it out, try to assimilate it, or they just had to like accept that it was different. Mm -hmm. But in many ways they would do it like moving forward to like, I don't know, British rule in India. Like Hinduism as we understand it didn't exist before British rule. Because, like, it was, yeah, there was, the books existed, the traditions existed, but, like, it was different than, like, everybody who's a Hindu believes the exact same thing does the exact same thing. You know what I mean? Right. Like, apparently the word, like, calling it Hinduism at all was something that the British um, came up with for, like, the census to distinguish people who weren't, who weren't um, uh, Muslim. Oh, you, yeah. And, like, obviously, I'm not saying British people invented Hinduism, but, like, them being able to, like, put a flag in it and say, this is Hinduism, and this is Islam, and this is, like, Taoism, and this is this, is such a British colonialist bullshit. Because, like, (laughs) the truth of of religions and faith is that they shouldn't be so monolithic and structured. They never were before.
0: Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? i agree i i also think that i see that i see that in spain as well just in the in the ways in which religion and this is another reason why i stay away from like the big religions you know i i don't i'm not okay with practicing them i would be more okay with like going to like a a Temascal, which is like i guess like a mexican and like central american version of a sweat lodge like those types of things Mm -hmm. that i'm okay with but i'm not necessarily like reconnecting with like mother earth and like reconnecting with whatever doing those types of things I think would totally be okay and I think would probably do me some good but I'm not okay with any sort of Jesus religion Christ thing but I think it's interesting because in Spain like obviously it's it's the place that brought us horrible different things I know that in like the Basque region of Spain for example there's there's this whole tradition of which is being good luck because they understood that witches for them and witches for all of us, I'm pretty sure, were healers. They were the midwives. They were were the doctors. They were the ones that you went to for advice. They were the ones who kind of understood the ways of the world because they brought life in to this world. And so the idea was that they understood things differently. And so they were seen as very important and had a lot of influence in their communities. And I know, for example, in the Basque region, they were killed off pretty like pretty systematically just like wiped out by the spanish inquisition and that's within their own country so we're just gonna stamp this out and the same like the same thing happened in
1: other places yeah either later
0: Like why? Like like the fact like when people were like, oh, India like they're modernizing, they're accepting other genders. Like there's you know like oh they've legalized a third gender. I was like, they used to always
1: have a third gender. They always did. The British got rid of it. That's what I'm trying to say. Like when I was talking about like British people or just colonialism in general from Europe codifying religions it's not that I'm saying that any of these religions didn't exist or that there weren't barriers, but like colonialism created so many more barriers and took out so much of different people's cultures. Like the amount that like sex has been taken out of the world and world cultures because of like prudish, prudish colonialism coming around and like having to interact with European Christians. Like in so many ways, everybody's culture has been sanitized by colonialism.
0: Of course. And then it's completely changed what faith is and what religion is. Mm -hmm. And like, I think about the fact that there are, for example, like Ethiopian people, like both um, Christian, like Orthodox, as well as Jewish Ethiopians and and Africans who are Jewish are so disparaged in um, places like Israel or, you know, even within Christianity, they're not seen as like possibly even the original peoples of the faith um why because when you mix a faith with this understanding that like the white people are the best people and men are the best people and then you know throughout your history it's like well some of the original people who you know followed christianity and all this other stuff were actually black in a different way than you do without all this nonsense about tithing and whatever the hell is happening. You're probably gonna be like, those aren't real. Those aren't real Christians. Those yeah, aren't no, Jewish yeah, people.
1: black Christian, but or like, yeah, Jewish black Jewish people not real. They don't matter. Because it's everything They're the like, thing who? is who? like in addition who? to religion being inextricable from colonialism, racism and colonialism are like best goddamn friends. They're mm. just like skipping through the fields together, <laughs> having a fucking great time. Like they can't, they love each other so much, and it is one of those things where it's just like uh, 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 I can't I can't handle any of these religions. I can't handle Christianity especially, but like any of the religions are just like tainted,
0: <laughs> or I the vast
1: majority of like West any Western thing is tainted.
0: And it's just like, didn't you, was it you? Somebody was telling you something about the Ark of the Covenant and how the understanding is that the Ark of the Covenant is in Ethiopia or something, or like that it might be that the Ark of the Covenant is in Ethiopia and that's like, like historians, like a lot of historians think that it might be in Ethiopia. Oh, no, I don't think, I don't know. Because the thing is, I, what, what most people think
1: is that when you look at the, um, the one of the arcs of like triumph it's not an arc, but you know what i mean it's like the yeah. roman like arches of like this is our conquest or whatever yeah. um there's one about the sack of uh jerusalem mm-hmm. and you can see in the like drawing or the engraving whatever that they're carrying off a giant menorah and a big ass box and so most people think that that is the ark of the covenant and that uh mm-hmm. treasure was lost so they think that that was probably where it happened
0: Right. Okay. I've not heard about
1: the Ethiopia thing, but honestly, maybe. Who
0: knows? Somebody was saying that, like, that it's actually in Ethiopia and that there's a group of people, like a group of, um, like, Orthodox Christians who, from generation to generation, keep the secret of where the Ark of the Covenant is. Like, I heard this from, I don't, and now I don't remember where I heard it from, but I just remember, I think one of my coworkers was Ethiopian at the time. Like, at the time when I worked there, I was sitting next to her and I was like, I was like, I feel like somebody told me something about the Ark of the Covenant being in Ethiopia. And she was like, oh, she's like, it's so nice to hear that some people still talk about that. And she's like, they like to forget that we're important. And I was like, oh. And she's like, yeah, I'm like a lot of Ethiopians are like, no, the Ark of the Covenant is with us. And I was like, huh. Hmm. That's very, and I don't know where that came from. I just think it's very interesting. I'm wondering if that's also part of, I don't know how that works, but is that, is that part of colonization? Yeah, is that,
1: or is it like a rebellion against, or maybe they just like had an arc? I don't know. Like, I think maybe, I think that's, that can get more complicated, but that does point to how, um, how deep Christian roots were in Black people before mm-hmm. um, colonialism and
0: how that is that's an example of like a culture that, because I mean, Ethiopia wasn't colonized well yeah exactly but then it's i feel like it's it it is different because it's an example
1: of like like that's a version of christianity with black people where i'm like sure whatever you have the ark of the covenant Uh, cool cool but when (laughs) people who were just like enslaved and, and and had their languages and had their religions taken from them in the same breath and then were forced into new languages and new religions and then are like yeah yeah jesus is lord i'm like no no I don't like this. I still don't like it. I don't. Res- I, I, I. I try my best to respect everybody's religion, but like, there's something in me. Like my ancestors are like yelling, like, don't believe it. Like don't do it, Catherine. Don't do it.
0: I know. They're mine lying the to you. Mine are the same. I remember I did a mascal, which is like that, that thing I was saying, like the sweat lodge when I went with my mom to Mexico a couple of years ago. And it was my first time doing it. But it's like so sad. It, it filled me like, okay, so this is what I've heard about sweat lodges in general. Like whenever you do sweats like that, they're meant to cause like, I guess the heat and a bunch of other stuff like causes you to like expel a lot of emotion. So you're, so you're only in there for about an hour, but it really causes these, like it, it makes you feel different emotions, but it's also created, it's been turned into this tourist trap garbage where you go and it's like timed, you know, 45 minutes and you go and you get it done and then you leave and then you get a massage after. And I was like, it just like, I was in there filled with rage because I was like, this is what our traditions have been turned into like a tourist trap in a hotel spa where there's like no conversation and they're like yeah we're gonna do Olympia which is like a cleanse and they like hit you with like a bunch of like roots and stuff like you you get cleansed essentially and they cover you in these like roots and then you go in and, and and you sweat things out and and they and you put like all this like clay on you and all this other stuff and then you know you get out and it's like a you you wash off with like a cold shower and or like whatever but like essentially like at the temazcal back in the day pre-colonial times after giving birth for them and their babies to like cleanse them um and so it was supposed to be like a spiritual cleansing as well as like a healthy for you and it's just one of those things where now i'm like now it's just a tourist trap and a spa and it makes me very upset but and it caters to white people yeah and I, but then i did it and i was like this is like all i have and that makes me sad
1: yeah it is yeah that's the thing is that like (laughs) here's the thing the reason why or what i believe is the reason why so much of this like caters to white people and all this all these white people are like on this journey of spirituality or if you here's a. I mean i'll save it to the end as a recommendation i guess but like we watched a (laughs) show called oh shit what was it called unwell unwell it's called unwell on netflix and it's all about like different sort of like homeopathic naturopathic methods of healing and a lot of them are either like bullshit or some sort of an indigenous thing that they like swiped um and the reason why i think so many white people and people who are not white but in our sort of like western culture are so desperately searching for religion and so, or searching for something spiritual and something to connect them is because everything was taken away from them and it was taken away from white people too white people did it to themselves first they were like okay let's expunge ourselves now boom we're good now let's go on to everybody who's near us all our neighbors got it and then they kept <laughs> then they expanded out and like as Br- like, with british people as an example like they started with themselves and then they were like our neighbors the welsh the the scottish fuck them. Like, you know what I mean? mean, And so they've just been taking things away like piece by piece from everybody until everybody feels empty and everybody is just like desperate for the next thing that they can get. And that's the legacy of
0: fucking colonialism. Oh, And I think maybe there's a way, I I would hope that there would be a way for people to like reclaim, like uh, the people that I know, I know that they're doing it very intentionally, right? Like they're going to the people that they know. They're also doing their research around their own cultures shit if i hear one white person talk to me about ayahuasca i swear to god i swear to god swear, like go there. to your own shit. what are you I polish should find your I polish bullshit. find your thing i, I guarantee, guarantee
1: you you will find a like like some white version of sweat lodge you can go to like I'm go gonna, i
0: exactly, guarantee you exactly so like reclaim that but also like if you want to believe in jesus this is the thing like my issue with the religion and with the faith is just what it's turned into and the harm that it's caused to my people. Yes. But I recognize and understand that people at this day and age can find things like Jesus and other things very comforting. And so I get that. But my whole thing is like, if you want to have a spiritual journey or you feel like you haven't had that, don't continue to colonize by taking other people's shit not understanding it, not reading the instructions, which seems to be like every white person's favorite thing, favorite thing to do is not reading instructions. Because and they it, got it. They're white. They got it. No, and they're just like running with it. So even for me, I've had a hard time like, you know, with ayahuasca and stuff. That's actually not a Mexico specific thing. Mexico and like spirituality within Mexico is different we don't have ayahuasca from what I know from what I've been taught there are other hallucinogenic things that you can use and I don't even know how you use it because it wasn't until I watched that documentary that I found out that you don't trip on ayahuasca the healer is supposed to have the visions and is supposed to do the singing to cure you not you tripping balls on ayahuasca it's mm-hmm. supposed to be just the the healer the elder doing it and it blew my mind because i was like this whole time all i've been thinking is that you you just you are supposed to be on it and it's been so westernized and it's been like such a tourist trap that they've they're completely changing these people's traditions and it filled me with rage so then i was like okay so i don't even know what my people's traditions are besides maybe at the and even then that's southern Mexico. And i'm not from southern mexico so maybe there are other things but definitely like you need to do your own research and as much as people say like oh white people don't have culture and white people blah 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 they do they do you guys crack a history it.
1: book you got it find it find,
0: find your find own
1: it. celebrate michaelmas or something like get just
0: just <laughs> but like like find <laughs> your own shit you, you have, have it log get yourself a log, you know or something something to that nature figure it out. Like there are herbs that are like very specific to, to, you know, different parts of Europe. Like in the Basque region, they definitely have all these people who do all these weird herb things and like witches and all this other shit. So they're, they're set. So like do something like that, do it that way. Yeah. It's funny. Cause
1: like, I just thinking of like a, like it's so weird because so my family is Jamaican, like on both sides, but one half is Indian and on the Indian side, um, there, I have, my mom has like a story about one of my aunts who like was into like, I don't even know what to call it, like some kind of voodoo, like, like, which isn't Indian. It would have been black Jamaican something that she was then into, but she's from Jamaica, so I'll I'll let it slide. Um, (laughs) But the funny thing is like, my mom has a story about one of them. Phobia? I think like, the thing is, I can't say for sure, because I don't know, Probably, probably, maybe, but like, I'm gonna tell this story. I they'll never listen to this. One of my aunts—I won't name which one of them. Like one of my great aunts, allegedly. This is fully alleged now. Um, <laughs> took my mom down to a crossroads because she needed a virgin, <laughs> to and like threw a bottle in the air and did some shit and um, did some ritual, blah blah blah. And this aunt today is so Christian now. Like okay. I bet if you even mention that, she would like not even know what you're talking about.
0: She'd just be like, Pardon? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. who?
1: but like that's another example of things it's like like um places like jamaica like have so many like various religious practices that aren't christian but i swear to god at the end of the day they all turn to christians and you're like okay
0: okay I guess okay
1: cool. cool cool
0: cool 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 yeah <laughs> well I it's just... like in mexico they have um you like bless the house right like you're supposed to bless your house you're supposed to cleanse your house before you move in mm-hmm. um but, like, they have priests come in and do that. And it makes me laugh because I'm, like, I'm pretty sure this is indigenous that you have, like. You but have you're doing man, it at all, right? You're doing it at all, one. And, two, that you have a man coming in to, like, have all these, um, what's it called, um, like, herbs <laughs> smoke like, around the house. I'm like, come on now. Come on. It just makes me laugh. I also know I was reading this thing about how, like, like, witchcraft became a big thing in mexico specifically i think it was saying that witchcraft became part of um mexican women's like even high class mexican women's understanding of kind of like spirituality because women were given had rights obviously before colonization i would assume they had more rights obviously and then um it was this thing about how women you know depending on government and everything else would lose rights or win rights or whatever but women had very little autonomy back in the day and some of them were like i won't get you legally but i will get you with this witchcraft
1: yeah it's also the funny thing about like witchcraft and any sort of thing that you could potentially call witchcraft so like not a specific tradition but just all traditions mm-hmm. is that like let's say for example with europe it was just so common. Everybody did fucking witchcraft. Every every single goddamn person did witchcraft. It wasn't until like the the like 14th, 15th century that it became a problem. Like I remember in one of my original sources I read in um a cl- a class about witchcraft I took in university. There was like I think it was in Spain where this woman was like I'm a witch, I'm a witch, and I jumped off a building and I flew out and blah blah blah. And this was in like the 10th century, I think. Mm -hmm. And the people, like the Inquisition at the time, were like, prove it. They're like, oh, (laughs) fly, fly then, bitch, fly. Like, they were like, what are you fucking talking about? This is bullshit. Oh, those were like, you fast forward to like 14, whatever, or 15, whatever, that shit is a crime. They will kill you for that. If she had come to a place and said, I'm a witch, they would be like, all right, dead. Like, it's so funny. And it really is like very clear that having a mission made people insane like i think people were also kind of kooky crazy during the crusades they were a bit more um aggressive shall we say but like during the times of like for the first fifth second crusade people especially who were going like had this religious fervor and then that went away for a bit. And then like it pops right back up when colonialism happened and everybody has religious fervor and they have this religious intensity that they did not possess before. And that's when they start being like, you can't do this and you can't do that. and You can't do this and you can't do that. When it was during colonialism that the Protestant Reformation happened, like this religious fervor and having a mission really like go together.
0: Yeah, I think it's a big thing. And I, I don't know, I just... I don't really, I mean, we talked about this the last episode. I don't get the Crusades. And the Crusades actually make me think of something else because you and I understand Christianity in a very specific way because of how we were raised. But, you know, I have friends who are Muslim who still, you know, deal with the fact that like Islam is also like, was also used um, to colonize. It was. But yeah, like we don't necessarily, because we haven't, we didn't, you know, we're not from a country where this was a thing. Um, but yeah, like Islam was used as as a, as, you know, a tool to colonize. So, or in the name of Islam, like sure was happened. So, but that's not something we would know. So when we're talking about Christianity this way, it's also because it's what we know. If we were other people, if we had come from a different part of the world, it might be Islam, you know, or I don't know, Judaism even like it's different things. So it doesn't, yeah, I think we also need to take that into consideration because we're not shitting on Christianity because it's we recognize that other religions... Oh, we do. Been, we absolutely do. ...I've yeah. been used to colonize. And, like, also, you know, as a Mexican, it is always great to remind Spaniards that 25% of their language is Arabic in origin. Bitch. Nothing brings me more joy. Nothing brings me more joy and, like, um, you know, are some of the churches in Spain, look a little mosque-like? I mean, listen, the thing
1: about the the Spanish, specifically, like, is that, like, you, like, those motherfuckers, like, I'm just, like, you're so influenced by, um, the Moorish, the Moorish, like, caliphates and everything, you, you're so, why do you think you're all fucking brown? Like, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? Why do you think you can get a tan? It's not because <laughs> you're, like, 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 get out of here. But, like, um, yeah, they... And honestly, that's another reason why they have so many, they had so much anti-Black sentiment was mm-hmm. because A, the Moors, and B, because in the Arab world in general, there was also a lot of anti-Black sentiment pre-colonialism because mm-hmm. when they would get their slaves, they usually got slaves from Africa. Well, when Africans got their slaves, they usually got Arab slaves. So it went both ways. But anyway, 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 we, that's a whole other topic. <laughs> <laughs>
0: we'll get into that but another But these fucking, the fucking Spanish people and their whole like, you nothing makes Acting me like they're me not arabic this. right like i love taking them down a notch i love taking them down a notch when they talk about shit because sometimes i like you hear them and i have to hear them because they're my godfather's family god love them they're amazing but like they drive me nuts and sometimes i'm like well, oh you don't you don't want immigrants and you're too many syrians in your in your in your country sorry mm-hmm. like, uh-huh
1: you guys you guys really you that's your
0: whole g- well then again
1: you know what this you know what in 1492 uh <laughs> Spain expelled the uh, Muslims and Jews. They did. It was It was 1493. It was one of those years. Regardless, they really did. So they've been they've been at that anti-immigrant sentiment for some time. Even though um, Muslims have been there for quite some time, as had Jewish people, they kind of never left. They had been there for so
0: long. They've been there for hundreds of years. Yeah, and, and then, then the fucking Queen Isabella was like, you know who I don't like. <laughs> <laughs>
1: we are
0: so off topic yeah. okay <laughs> well anyway we should have that, a, we should have a history episode we should have a history episode or <laughs> just like th- we just drop facts that have nothing to do with each other i mean i wouldn't be that great you would be great at it but i would um, just be like terry fox ran in and thus <laughs> <laughs> have that degree
1: all right yeah. mm-hmm. okay well i think that's good i think that's a good measure of col- or a good honestly good start in talking about colonialism and religion mm-hmm. there is obviously so much to talk about when we talk about colonialism because Mm -hmm. I mean it's what shaped the whole goddamn world but -hmm. if you take away anything from this episode take away the fact that colonialism could not stop indigenous people from inserting their beliefs into things no matter how hard they tried (laughs) that there is something for you to reclaim no matter fucking where you're from Mm -hmm. and that you need to decolonize yourself and your mind and it is a process you need to work on every goddamn day oh
0: god because it's hard that shit is
1: and black people and black people Please examine your relationship with Jesus. Please. Just for just for just for a second. Just for just for a second. <laughs> just think about it. Just think about it. Your for relationship a bit. with
0: Jesus is uh then relates to homophobia, transphobia, um, other phobia related. Yeah, that's not just for black people, that's for everybody. But like everyone. but
1: but for just for black people, I'm just saying, just like think about it. Just think about it. Just think about like maybe how think you were worshipping like Jesus forever. And maybe that was like better
0: for you or, you know. just saying i mean i'm not going there my people my people i mean my people are gonna do what they're gonna do but you know just uh just examine how you view the world due to six-pack ab jesus white Mm -hmm. blue-eyed white jesus okay and if
1: you're gonna worship jesus don't worship white jesus jesus oh then if jesus christ jesus fucking christ (laughs) jesus mary and joseph do not worship white jesus
0: (laughs) Oh yeah, please don't. And you know the Virgin of Guadalupe is right there. She's brown. She's brown, but uh, I mean, maybe
1: don't go taking a Mexican symbol if you're not. No, oh, yeah. Uh, well, Kar- Carmen, what are you encouraging?
0: Well, no, but in Latin America, she true, is- sure, true. So if you're Latin American, you should be fine. You should be fine. You're covered. Don't worry. If you don't you're, American if you
1: and like, oh, I don't. I don't really even know to say to rastafarians y-
0: You do you. Yeah, you do you. You, Velocity, you know, <laughs> and everything else, you great, you have a good time, sure. Yeah, all right. And, well, uh, you know. <laughs> I feel like that's it We for colonialism. <laughs> um,
1: we've mentioned some throughout the episode, but do you have any recommendations? Yes,
0: I have a few. So, the first one actually was really nice, they actually reposted our Instagram post that we did Uh, but one of the first podcasts i ever listened to that i still listen to latinos who lunch um is an amazing podcast uh and it's two uh queer men who uh are latin american one is guatemalan mexican and the other one is mexican and they kind of talk about um you know being Latin American, living in the U.S., living or living outside of your country and kind of, they always open it up with what did you have for lunch? Like, what have you been eating? Which is very Mexican in general to do or Latin American to do. And then they get into other topics. So they talk about music, they have really cool, like they're really amazing, but they have an episode, episode 103, called La Virgen de Guadalupe. And um, because the, one of the hosts is a, he has his PhD in art history and like think like colonial, pre-colonial, something pre-Hispanic, whatever, art history within Mexico and within the Americas and talks about colonization and art history. And so he gets into the art history piece of the Virgin of Guadalupe and why she was so important in regards to colonization um, and how she came to be so important in the Americas. So that's an amazing podcast. And they use Wishbone, the show, as a thing because Wishbone did an episode on the Virgin of Guadalupe. What the fuck is Wishbone? Is that a show about a dog? Yeah, with the with the Jack Russell Terrier and they did like different historical events. Okay. <laughs> Apparently one of them was Virgin of Guadalupe.
1: Oh, man.
0: So they did that. And then the other thing that I'm recommending is one that Catherine recommended to me, which is Newcomers, which is that podcast with... Um, the with nicole byer and i forget the other woman's name lauren lapkus lauren lapkus and they talk about star wars because they've yeah. never seen star wars before and their their um enjoyment in things is blowing my mind because when i tell you i never in my life thought i'd meet anybody who liked the holiday special they loved it they fucking loved it I, it blew it blew my whole mind i was like it's like this is worse than when you said you like jar jar binks i mean
1: oh you know what like uh, listening to that podcast it's very good i recommend it as well but they're doing the lord of the rings one right now and I'm getting so annoyed every time I listen. I'm like, bitches, how do you not pay attention? How do you not understand what's going on? Like, The Lord of the Rings (laughs) is very clearly laid out. Star Wars is confusing because you're like, wait, what? But, like, this is one continuous story, and they can't even remember anyone's names or pronounce anything. And I'm just like, I get get so mad.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh... I haven't gotten there yet. I am on the episode. They just started doing the new Star Wars movies. Mm -hmm. So that's what's happening right now. That's That's funny. Those ones are good. Those are great. Um, I'm very excited about that.
1: Yeah. And for me, I think I'm going to recommend Unwell, actually. The Unwell on Netflix is very good. It is fairly wild. Carmen was like losing her mind when I when she watched it. Oh, I, was, you watch I was like
0: that. I texting
1: you. you. I was texting her while I was watching like this fucking, is fucking crazy. But then I started watching another episode about like tantric sex. And there's shit in that episode that I knew would make Carmen mad. And I didn't tell her, I didn't tell her about it. I was like, just, just watch it. Just watch it. But basically it's a series on Netflix about, um,
0: people don't follow instructions.
1: Yeah. And about how like the wellness like craze and how people are searching for alternative medicine. And it's, it's very good.
0: Yeah. That made me so angry. One of them made me sick to my stomach. If you watch it, you won't need to figure out which one yeah that one was pretty pretty it. gross there's some pretty gross stuff in that one is good okay
1: so as for social media uh you can find me at the cc williams pretty much everywhere uh for if you go to my instagram you'll find pictures of my cat who is apparently almost obese actually i have two cats one <laughs> one of my cats is obese and um yeah she's she's obese and needs to be on a diet Uh, what about you
0: Carmen what's your social media (laughs) I mean your cat I love your cat and she can be as (laughs) open as she wants um my Instagram is Carmen underscore Maria 416 if you want uh pictures of me and also funny memes and stories and um did you do our Instagram no. Um it is I'd kill a spider for you all spelled out. I'd kill a spider for you on Instagram and on Twitter it's I'd kill a spider number 4 letter U um if you want to follow us. That would be great. I post a lot of 90 Day Fiancé shit and also of one of the things I'm super excited for that you have to look forward to is that people voted and Catherine is going to be watching an episode of 90 Day Fiancé and I'm currently brainstorming which episode to show her
1: i have said before i'll say again (laughs) reality tv makes me ill to see me feel love and attention at this will it makes me sick i don't like it it makes me sick it makes me sad it makes me like desperately sad like any reality tv whether it is like jersey shore or nine day fiance or tiger king or hoarders these are all the ones i've watched with carmen and they make me sad like desperately sad for people I'm like what happened in your life are you okay what happened to you so. I can't I can't enjoy it. A lot of people watch it and are like, these people are wild and are like,
0: I think it's funny. And I'm just like,
1: what happened to you, man?
0: Well, for 90 Day Fiancé, I just have to make sure I find you one that doesn't have like an old lady trying to marry a Nigerian. I mean, I've seen that
1: one and that made me sad.
0: Yeah. So I have to find you not those seasons. I have to find you. We could also do 90 Day Fiancé the other way. Carmen, I'm
1: leaving. I'm putting myself in your reality TV show hands, so...
0: I hope you'll enjoy. I mean you liked uh while well, we hate watched. Um what was it? Love is Blind? Yeah, that was kind of boring. <laughs> yeah.
1: It was good at the beginning, but then it got boring and then it got also sad. I got so sad for that, that desperate girl. <laughs> oh,
0: wow. That what really that weird desperate girl. Jessica? Yeah. Jessica. What so, a mess. So sad. Said her dog wine from her cup and then drank. Yeah, that can mom. that that can kill your dog. Anyway. Anyway.
1: That's all for us. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. Bye.